So there are a few things I couldn't resist as I'm beginning this message on this new year. One was uh, I saw on Facebook from a dear friend who said, I don't want to end the year on bad terms, so apologize to me. I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, next week, I'll be talking about vision and going forward in this new year. I kind of figured we would not have all the troops here today. So um, today, I'm going to speak about the foundation for any vision that we have, which is God's love. And um, it's a love that never fails. And I, just a thought for you to reflect on, that we are to show love even to people who don't deserve it. Not as a reflection of their worthiness, but as a reflection of our desire to fulfill God's desires. And in that thought, um, you know, we have these high groups, and uh, I hope you will join them in the new year. Our high group seems to be pretty active even on Saturday morning, which uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. So uh, one of the things that uh, Sarah Branyan sent out to our high group well, I couldn't resist this. So if we could show the next slide. Um, she's, it says, if you can't read it, aren't you terrified of what 2022 could be like? Everything is so messed up. I think it will bring flowers. Yes? Why? Because I'm planting flowers. And that really has a lot to do with my message today. So, Sarah, in PJs, I'm sure. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Because that's really it. We are to plant love. And then it will grow. It's, it's really simple. I mean, when you get through this whole message, if you just get back to that, you'll be fine. 1 John 4, 8, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Oftentimes we read a scripture quickly. We think about it quickly. We go on to the next thought. But the seriousness, I mean, you know, <laughs> Eric's talking about judgment that God wants us to be aware that he judges us. And, you know, we think, well, what is he going to judge us about? And I think one of the things he judges, judges us on is how we love. It's so easy to just say, oh, yeah, I love. I love everybody. Does everybody... Know that you are <laughs> loving them. I mean, do they think you're loving? 
In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, we see that love never fails. I believe that's God's love or God's type of love at the very least. Uh, so why do we have so much trouble loving people, showing love at all times? I think life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. In the moment, other things become more important. We rationalize that if we're right or tell the truth, that's love. So take it or leave it. And I don't believe that's love. So on my radio program this past couple weeks, I've been talking about love. And I um, had an opportunity to get an email uh, on my radio program. So I, out of this entire message, I spent about 30 seconds on the following. It said, I said on, on the radio program that it's a shame that President Trump couldn't be loving to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. I believe he became so abrasive, his policies didn't matter. And he lost the election that I believe he should have won. That's what I said, right? So I get an email. I was listening to one of your recent broadcasts where you mentioned that Donald Trump should have spoken nicer to Nancy Pelosi, which is not what I said, but at any rate, and try to find common ground, which I also didn't say, and that it was his fault for not doing so, and that's why he lost the election. First of all, you are kidding me. You should not be using a show that is supposed to glorify God to spread your political views, which happen to be out in left field somewhere, and I emphasize way left. Then he said at the end, and, and look, he wasn't rude. I've got to hand it to him. He was not rude. Then, then he went into about 10 different things that I should know about the left and the elections and all the other stuff, being very political. So I, you know, you get an email, you got to respond, right? <laughs> so I responded and I said, I appreciate your comments, even though I think you were a little hard on me. My point was about how we should love even those who don't love us. That gives God the glory. I was not trying to get political. When I do, you'll know it. <laughs> However, I was saying that when we don't follow God's word, which means loving each other, there's often a price to pay. And then I said, blessings, and that was my letter to him. So he wrote back, <laughs> and he said... Um, Well, let me see. Uh, wait. He wrote back, and he, was, he wasn't rude. He, he again told me all these political things and basically accused me of, of, of being left uh, a progressive. And uh, I wrote back. And I said, your comment to me was that I should be using my radio program to bring glory to God. 
Once again, the entire program, other than 30 seconds, was about showing the love of God. The point of the program you listened to was that we have to share the love of God with everyone, even our enemies and those who have treated us poorly or even those who are on the side of a different political ideology. I pray that we can agree on that. Signed it, you know, blessings, love and Messiah. You know how I sign things. Now, I haven't gotten a response yet to that one, but here's my point. It would be so easy to get involved in what he got involved in. And he wasn't rude, so I've got to hand him that. It was great. He wasn't rude. He was just giving me his opinion strongly. Uh, and that was fine. But he missed my point. And my point was that we should, and, and actually, it really helped me because in another life, I would have responded differently. <laughs> but if I'm talking about love for two weeks, I've got to respond lovingly, right? I had to figure out a way. But here's, here's my point to all of you. Do you think that he is more obsessed by God or by politics? And if that's the case, do we do that too? Are we recognized by our hot button, which in this case was politics, but it could be something else. It could be sports. It could be lots of other things which I won't even mention. But what influences you more, God or these other things, making money, whatever it is? We have to focus on God's love. So a response, if it's not godly, we are doing what I talk about so often with Galatians 6.1, the very thing we're trying to correct. We end up being tempted to do the, that same thing. So one of the difficulties of saying that love never fails is the fact that love doesn't always follow our timetable of getting the victory. Meaning this, well, I was nice to him, why didn't he change? That's, that's not love that never fails. We have to continue in love regardless. God is responsible for turning people's hearts. We are not. We're responsible for living a life for God. That's our responsibility. So in 1 Corinthians 13.1, it says, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm like a noisy, clanging cymbal. And so isn't this clear that, can you imagine what it'd be like to speak with tongues of angels? That's got to be really good. I mean, he could have just said men, but it's men and angels. But it means nothing if you're not sharing with love. It means nothing. 
And in verse 2, it says, if you have the gift of prophecy. Now, look, these are attributes of God. God knows what's going to happen in the future. And know all mysteries. Who knows all mysteries? God. And all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains. So if I can be just like God, but don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away through tzedakah, you know, through charity, I'm a, I'm a good person, I give my money away. If I don't have love, I gain nothing. God is asking us to be sacrificial. So I just want to briefly go over 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. The first thing it says is love is patient. I have said so often that it is really irritating when God starts talking about what love is and he starts out with patience. Because I find patience the most difficult thing. It means that you don't get upset with people, you don't get angry or frustrated. Um, it, it, it is just an inc- Look at the scripture, Psalm 37, 7 through 9. Be still before Adonai and wait patiently for him. Yeah. Do not fret over one prospering in his way, one carrying out wicked schemes. Put away anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to doing evil. So when we are not patient, the translation for me is we're doing evil, or it leads to doing evil, which is the same as doing it. This is difficult. It can be your body language. It can be your tone of voice. It can be the words you speak. It can be so many other things that show irritation. This is so difficult for me. Just ask my wife, Pat. She'll be happy to tell you how difficult it is for me to be patient. But, you know, I believe that this is something in this new year and all the time we are to seek this type of love that has patience with people who are not doing things at our speed. They are not understanding something the way we understand it. Whatever the frustration is, and you can almost feel it, you know, you just feel it rising up. God is patient. Imagine... If God were not patient with us, whoa, that would be some kind of judgment. Love is kind. So this is the quality of being generous and considerate. And um, it basically, kindness goes beyond what's expected. So if somebody, the, the example that I think of is the Good Samaritan in Scripture, where the Good Samaritan does beyond what was expected, and he asks for nothing in return. 
So there are two parts to being kind. One is to do the act of kindness beyond what is expected. And the other is not to expect or even hope for a pat on the back or uh, like, good job. Now, it's very nice for us to say good job to people, but if we don't get it, okay. We, we were kind because we're following God, not because we're trying to get something in return. Love does not envy. So we have to throw out things like jealousy and, and, and re being resentful of somebody else's success or possessions or qualities character-wise or whatever. You, you have to become like a coach. You know what a coach does. They try and make each person on their team the best they can be. They're always trying to encourage them to go further, to go stronger, to do, to, you know, whatever it is. Titus 3.3, 3, for we also once were foolish, disobedient, deluded, enslaved to various desires and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hateful and hating. I believe that when we sin, and a sin like envy, it enslaves us. It makes us crazy. We, we, we're in bondage. When we become, our minds lose the ability to focus on God when we are enslaved. Because we're so focused on the problem of slavery that we don't even see that God is the solution to breaking the chains. And we're constantly thinking about being in slavery. So even if we know God's the solution, we don't give him a chance because we're thinking about how bad it is to be in slavery. You know, when Moses came to the people of Israel, they really didn't want him to do anything. Because they were, they had a slave mentality. They had a slave mentality. And sin brings in to us a slave mentality. Love does not brag, it's not puffed up, it does not behave inappropriately, it does not seek its own. Let's just take the last part, it doesn't seek its own. So what that means is that we have to be extremely humble because to not desire your own, but to, for me to desire things for you at, at, and for me to sacrifice what I want requires humility. It requires saying that other people are more important than me. Now, look, the people, the, the smart people of today will say, that's not good for you. That means you'll have bad uh, self-image and so on. No, no, no. You just don't understand, and they don't understand what God is talking about. Seeking other people's way first through the love of God is 
a demonstration of tremendous strength of character, which brings, not asked for, but it brings tremendous joy. So, humility is all about strength. And I found this on the internet, so take a listen. Humility learns, arrogance knows. Humble leaders submit to noble values they won't bend. Arrogant leaders bend rules to their advantage. Humility listens, arrogance talks. Humble leaders serve others, arrogant leaders serve themselves. Humble leaders are free to build up others. Arrogant leaders build up themselves. Humility opens hearts. Arrogance builds walls. Humility joins. Arrogance stands aloof. You're going to have to think about that one a while. Humble leaders connect. Arrogant leaders disconnect. Humility enables leaders to ask, how can I help? C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So don't say that you love other people the way God wants you to love if you have not done some real looking at yourself as to whether you are humbly carrying out the type of love that God is talking about. You need to be humble. You need to be sacrificial. The, another part of this scripture says love is not provoked. That's very similar to patience. Um, this also requires Humility, you know, we are provoked when we feel somebody else got something that we didn't get. You know, our, our common verbiage for that is, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. It's not fair. And really, when we are humble, then fairness is not an issue. Now, I know that sounds crazy. That sounds like we're going to be taken advantage of. And this is so hard to understand. It's that quote from Rabbi Ofer Amitai. It's in my head all the time. If we agree to be sacrifices, we will never be victims. And so, to most people, when we sacrifice, they see us as doormats. But what we see as being sacrificial, I mean, would you call Yeshua a doormat? But he was as sacrificial as it gets. He gave his own life. We have to understand God's type of love is different 
from ours. But when he says love doesn't fail, it means that his love doesn't fail. And if you climb aboard his love, life changes. Here's another one. Keeps no record of wrong. I mean, you know, I love to ask this. How would you interpret that? People talk about interpreting scripture. How would you interpret that? Keeps no account of wrong. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You forgive people. You say, look, you meant it for bad, but I'm sure God's going to turn it for good. It's not really what you say to people, but... but the concept, the concept is that you are willing to drop the issues that cause you to look at that person in a negative way. Does it mean that if they are people who steal, that you, uh, you know, put your wallet in front of them? No. I mean, come on. But it does mean that you're able to give people another chance and another chance. Forgiveness is a characteristic of love. And in Ephesians 4.32 it says, Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. So two things. One is we are supposed to be godly in our forgiveness. And the second is that it's not about their worthiness. But you don't understand they sinned. Yeah, no, I understand what sin is. Yeah, I get it. But I also understand what mercy and grace and compassion are all about. And, and that's how God treats us. We also can't seek revenge. Matthew 5.38 says, You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evildoer, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him also the other. Forgiveness means you respond to the one who hurt you with good. Luke 6, 27, 28, I say to you who are listening, I guess they had a problem even then about people listening, I don't, I don't know. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for the ones who mistreat you. And we see them, you know, we want to say, look, I forgave them last week, but then you know what they did today? Matthew 18, Peter comes to Yeshua says, Master, how often shall I forgive, forgive my brother when he sins up, uh, sins against me seven times? Yeshua says, seven times 70, and I go, oh my goodness. That covers today too, huh? Mm. 
Forgiveness shows your willingness to love. You know, I keep thinking about God being a God who will judge us. I believe he's going to judge us based on how well we love like he loves. He's the model. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is about endurance. Endurance and commitment. So let me close with this scripture of Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been made righteous by trusting. Now, let me just say this before we even go further than that. You cannot love the way God loves unless you trust God. Because you can't be sacrificial without being able to trust God. You have to trust that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You have to understand that trusting God is the basis for our really doing good. We can do good things, but that might not... You know, it's, it's, it's easy when there's a fire in Colorado, and please pray for those people. It's easy to try and help them. First of all, we don't know them. That's really easy. And we know they're going through hard times. But is it as easy to do that with your spouse, with your children? We have to have a commitment to show love. And it begins with trusting God. It's not because of our kids or our husband or our wife deserves it. It's because we're trusting God. We have shalom. We have peace with God through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Through him, we also have gained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and boast in the hope of God's glory. You know, there should be an entire message on this, these couple verses because there is so much in this in terms of how God is, is expecting things from us. But we are, in a sense, we, we've gained access by faith. Again, that idea of trusting into his grace. See, we get into his grace again by trusting, by faith. Because we have hope in God's glory and, and God's glory is filled with love. So we can boast in suffering, knowing that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, who has given to, who, who was given to us. So we've got to be in this for the long haul. I challenge you, I challenge you to respond to loving God and do two things this week. Number one, pray. Pray for your family. Pray for yourself. Pray for your friends, your co-workers, your congregation, your community, your country. Pray for Israel. 
pray, just pray. Come, by the way, Tuesday evening and pray with us. Secondly, love first. Don't wait for other people to love. Don't expect other people to love. They might not have heard this message. Love first. In every situation, with every person, at all times, show love first in your action, your words, your voice, your body language, your thinking. Just be about love. When you know the love of God, you must respond with serious prayer and with godly love as your action. Father, we just praise you and worship you, and we are thanking you that we can say to the enemy, no more. We can say that we are going to be victorious because it's a promise in your word. By the power of your spirit, we are going to be able to show love to even the hardest people to show love to. Give us the creativity to reconcile. Give us the, the, the wisdom and the, and the heart to forgive. Give us the ability to love the way you love us. Lord, I pray in the name of Yeshua that we would not allow the enemy in. And again, I say no more to the enemy because you have caused havoc in our lives, you enemy. And so we come against you in the name of Yeshua. And Lord, we are here to work for you. We are here to love. We are here to encourage. We are here to see people come to know Yeshua as their Messiah. We are here to be what you want us to be, not what the world wants us to be. And so, Lord, we, we see success. We see success in terms of how you see success. You say in your word that you are love. I pray that you will see us as love, a reflection of who you are in our lives, that we can beat all the garbage and the, the stuff that, that comes into us from the world, we just throw it aside and, and just allow your word to wash our brains and our hearts and our minds so that we can reflect your power and your might in our lives. Father, there are people who have made it hard for us to love because they act in whatever way they do. And I ask, O oh Lord, that you give us wisdom. Show us how to truly love the way you love. Show us what unconditional love means. Let it go deep into our spirit. Let love be a, 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 a banner let it be a banner in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit. Lord, 2022, this is a year that we can say that love never fails. Let us be that example to never 
fail because we have received your love and now we are giving it to others. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen.